Welcome to another episode of Life Stories by Congo Kid, where I share my experiences of growing up in the Democratic Republic of Congo in Central Africa. My hope is you find knowledge, entertainment, information, and insight of another culture and a new perspective of the Congolese people and Africa. All right. Well, this is Jeff Eels on the air for the first time with his daughter, Diana. And uh, she's the one actually who had the idea to do this. And I thought I'd let her tell the story of how we were together last January in Florida visiting her and her husband and our little granddaughter. And we were, went out to lunch. Uh, my folks showed up and we spent half a day with them. Went out to lunch and we were sitting back at the house just chit-chatting and I started telling a story about a crazy adventure that I did when I was 20 years old, driving halfway across Africa. And I finished telling the story and Diana looked at me and says, dad, you really need to record this. And of course, Diana has a little bit of my personality, not a lot, but there's always an edge about her. So there's always a little bit of sarcasm and jocularity. And so I turned back to her and I said, are you mocking me? Because of course she's my daughter and she would do that. And she said, no. So I asked her what she meant. So I'll let her say it in her own words. Sure. Well, hello everybody. My name is Diana, as you said. Um, I am a huge podcasting fan. Uh, I've actually been on a number of podcasts as a guest and as a guest host several times now. Um, and I had thought about doing my own podcast for a long time. It's never really come to fruition, but when my dad started telling the story last year, I was like, wow, this, this is actually a podcast opportunity. Um, so I want to live vicariously through him in having the actual niche topic uh, for a good podcast. And so I made the suggestion and now it's actually here and I'm very excited. I think it would be awesome uh, not only for me to have these stories documented, uh, they're much more dramatic. They really come to life when you hear my dad say them as opposed to just reading words on a page. Um, you can just be much more animated and that comes across much better in a podcast, in my opinion, than in like an article or a blog post. So um, I want to have them just for my own edification, but also to be able to have to pass on to our family. Um, my daughter would hopefully one day enjoy hearing her grandpa's stories from Congo and um, other family members too. I think there's a lot of people who don't know a lot of my dad's history and uh, stories from his upbringing. And, you know, I grew up hearing them, but I don't recall a lot of them. I was very young. And so to hear them as an adult, I think I'd have a new appreciation for what he experienced there. So yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited that he's going to pursue this and um, hopefully can get some great stories out of other people from his past as well. Yeah, so that's where it started. And I probably should mention that about two or three months before, uh, back in 2018, 
I'd been talking about starting a blog for several years. I've been talking about it. And Only a decade too late. And finally, yeah, and finally my daughter-in-law, Megan, she said, you know, she goes, Jeff, just, you know, get a platform on medium.com and start writing because uh, I've been told I'm a pretty good writer and I had a few stories to tell. So I did. So a few months before I'd started documenting and writing some of the stories of my life and life lessons and whatnot and just uh, things that I'm interested in uh, for the sole purpose of trying to improve my writing and writing in different styles. So that had, I'd already sort of started that process. And then um, I also should mention that Diana planted the seed when she was getting excited about hearing that story and suggesting that I uh, record it uh, for her benefit and for my granddaughter, her daughter's benefit. And I started thinking back about a year or two before when uh, my wife and I had transferred all of our worldly assets into our family trust. And we met with the attorney and we're doing all the paperwork. And part of the package was a one hour interview, which she called cherished memories. And we had 15 or 20 topics to pick from. And she uh, met with us one evening and set a tape recorder down on the table and just interviewed us started asking her questions, where we'd met, talked about our first you know, house, talked about why we had children, talked about if we knew we were going to die in 20 minutes, what would we tell our children? What were the legacy we'd like our children to have? And that's not necessarily money, Diana, so don't think you're going to get all our money. Um, but it was- yeah, Hey, I married up, man. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> did, you did. Um, but mainly it was just- uh, you know, a really good opportunity for us to think about, you know, what we want our children to have learned from us as parents and how we want them to live their lives and hope they live their lives. And also that they'll pass on certain things to uh, their children, which are our grandchildren. And the story she told was very interesting. I'll let Judy Ross say it in her own words. So, so my dad, uh, he went into the hospital for open heart surgery and uh, we were told that it was very routine. Uh, there was no risk of, you know, anything going bad. So we were not at all concerned. Uh, and then the doctor came out and said, oh, you know, the only thing that's keeping your dad alive now is the skill of the surgeon because his heart was in such bad condition. And we were shocked. We're like, what do you mean? We, don't, we didn't know anything of the, about this. So our dad just didn't tell us quite how bad his heart was. So um, that, was the, that was the first time that I thought, oh my gosh, you know, my dad might pass away. And he ended up recovering from that surgery and he was in ICU. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I had asked him uh, what was an important life lesson that he learned. My dad was not a man of many words, but he was super, super smart. And... Um, he like held our family together. He was like the, the glue that held our family together. And so he was in ICU and I remember praying and saying, just let me see my dad's eyes open one more time. And so he did get better. He got better and he got taken out of ICU, but he was still in the hospital. And I was going to ask him those questions. I was going to ask him, tell me, tell me, you know, what was something that's really important to you? But you know, the doctors told us, oh, he's got another good 10 years. And I didn't want to upset him by asking him some, you know, some, maybe some deep emotional things. So, so I didn't. And then he took a turn for the worse and he passed away.
And I was just so sad that I didn't have that information from my dad. And the very first thing that you forget about someone when they pass away is their voice. And, you know, my dad didn't have a diary. He didn't have, like I said, he was a man of very few words. He didn't leave us anything about him. You know, he was very responsible, like in his estate planning and all of that, and make sure my mom was taken care of and all that. But I wanted to know about him. And, and I didn't have anything. And when I would call my mom, my dad's voice was still on the answering machine. And that, that recording was everything to me. It, it, it was like my lifeline to my dad. And my mom still has that answering machine. Um, she's moved into an assisted living, so she doesn't use that answering machine. But um, it's really important to us, that answering machine. That, that's it. I haven't heard it in a couple of years, but to hear his voice, like, I mean, it, it's, it's different even, like, if you see a video recording, an audio is, is different because you get to hear the person's inflection in their voice as opposed to them writing something. But when there's a video, the, the person is aware of the camera, you know, and, and so they're aware of what they're saying and they're, they're being careful about what they're saying. But when you're just talking, and you tend to let your guard down a little bit and let your authentic um, self out you know, a little bit more. And the way that the listener gets to hear things is through the inflection in your voice and what you pause at, um, what you laugh at. I mean, to have my dad's laughter, oh my gosh, that, that would be so, so cool. So uh, a, a thing that I think is really important about cherished conversations, and it's actually my favorite part of my law practice, and it's because... I don't want to just have people recite the stories, you know, their life lessons, you know, the morals, that kind of stuff that they learn. I want to hear them say how it affected them. Like when someone's writing down something, they'll say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, but they don't always say, well, this happened and, and it affected me in that way. Or, and this is how I felt about that. So that's what I try to make a difference on the cherished conversations is to get more of how it affected that person and what they did with it. Well, the written word is great. And I can speak for my father who has uh, recorded numerous volumes of everything from genealogy to his autobiography to stories of his uh, work uh, in Africa and all the people he encountered and so on. Uh, it really touched me to say, you know what, you know, after hearing my comment from my attorney and then Diana's comment, it was like, you know what, there's a lot of things to record. There's a lot of history. And that further got me thinking about all of the people I grew up with. And most of them are in their 50s and 60s. And our parents are now in their 70s and 80s. And unfortunately, the cycle of life, our parents and the folks that I grew up with, they're passing away. And there's so much history and there's so many ideas and topics to talk about and to try to capture some of the memories, some of the lessons and some of the struggles that people faced, you know, growing up overseas, leaving their families in the U.S., uh, sending their kids off to boarding school, uh, sending their kids 
you know, to the States to go to college while they're stuck in Africa. And this was before FaceTime, before internet, before cell phones right. and texting, right. which, you know, your generation, Diana, I'm sorry, you don't understand that you've always been around the internet and email and being able oh, to- Oh, for sure. And as you know, I can pick up my phone right now. And if my friend's uh, Selenga is on Skype or on Facebook right now, you know, 10,000 miles away, uh, I can talk to him and I can see him on the video screen. Unheard of in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, just unheard of. So the dynamics of distance and, you know, leaving family and sacrificing time away from your family is, is, is pretty huge. And so that's one of the things I'd like to do as I proceed down this road of podcasting is to try to interview people that I grew up with and talk about situations and talk about fun stuff and talk about challenging stuff and how they grew and how they dealt with, you know, uh, leaving their parents and going to a boarding school and talking to parents and how did they justify leaving their families in the U.S. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, hopefully the listeners will enjoy it. And uh, that's basically the intro of kind of what prompted this. My own daughter gave me the idea while we're sitting in a house in Ocala, Florida. To be Same. fair, I did bring it up years prior, though, because I had I've been wanting to get involved in the podcasting world for many years, not knowing how, and thinking about even just stories from my grandparents, um, mom's parents, you know, just like their childhood, and I don't remember a lot of them, even though grandpa's told us a lot of stories, and grandma and I have shared lots of history through looking through pictures and. Uh, mementos and stuff at, at her parents' house. Um, so I know I had brought it up at least once or twice in the, in the past, but yeah, it really, it really hit me when you were sharing that, that one story of just like, this is such, this is such a, a niche thing that you can talk about. I mean, there's, there's podcasts about everything now, you know, everybody wants to tell their story. There's Star Wars podcasts and, um, you know, random facts and money and like they're the, the topics of them run the gamut. And, um, it's hard sometimes I think to find your voice in, in such a saturated space since it's like the thing to do now, like podcasts are just part of mainstream culture. Um, and so to have something so unique to be able to bring to the world that is not just going to be for family, but also gives you a great platform for that kind of archival approach, um, I think is re just a really great opportunity. Well, interesting you mentioned that because uh, I was in uh, Florida a week and a half ago on a business trip and I stayed an extra day and went and saw uh, your grandparents at, down in Florida, Sarasota. And we were talking about this and Years ago, when my, my grandmother was alive, and I was very close to my grandmother, uh, I lived with her for some time after my grandpa had passed away, and they set a cassette tape recorder on the table and just started asking her questions. Tell me about the, the hardware store, and tell me about the car dealership, and tell me why you moved down to Florida. And they literally just sort of let her talk, and they'd poke, you know, pop in with a few questions here and there to keep the narrative going. And they recorded grandmother my grandmother just talking about her life and growing up as a child in Michigan and, you know, no electricity and outhouses and just all this great stuff. Well, tragically, they took the tape and trans and recorded it onto a typewriter. And so now it's written, which is great. But 
uh, I couldn't put a price tag on having that cassette tape, listening to my grandmother speak and tell a story and hearing her voice who I listened to for, you know, 20 some years before she passed away. So um, your point was well taken. It's, you know, it's great to read and it's great to have the written word documenting history and stories, but uh, being able to hear the voice and hear the inflection and hear the excitement and hear the, the tonal changes, you know, in telling a story, um, you know, I think, you know, it has a lot of value, more value than just a written word. So uh, hopefully the listeners will enjoy uh, as we uh, start this journey. And I have uh, trying to narrow down who I'm going to talk to first, but uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. And that's all I have. So I just wanted to kick off the podcasting career here. Uh, hopefully it'll be long. Maybe it'll be short. We shall see. But uh, <laughs> wanted to say thanks to my daughter for kind of giving me the the prompt and really making me think back to my uh the attorney who, you know, captured, you know, our message and it's in a, uh, on a thumb drive in our safety deposit box. So if uh, mom and I get hit by a pie truck, uh, Diana and and Kevin, my son can listen to it and hopefully it'll be precious to them. Will do. I'm excited to see where this goes. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and will join me again. Other episodes and blog articles on a variety of topics can be found at congokid.net. In addition, Life Stories by Congo Kid Podcasts can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm Jeff Eels, a.k.a. Congo Kid, your humble host. Until next time, I send you off with a farewell in Lingala. Paninganangai, tikalamalamu. My friends, stay well.